Sound Seekers, welcome to another episode of Sound for Thought, a podcast by Redefining Records. I am your host, Andrew Schultz. Today, I am very happy to share with you a conversation with one of my oldest friends, Andrew Hammond, otherwise known as Harmonomy. We actually went to grade school together, and we've always shared a passion for music, so it was a real treat to catch up with him and kind of dig deep on all these topics. These topics include music education and opera music, which is something he's studying right now in New York. We also talk about golf, philosophy. Andrew shares his thoughts on East Coast versus West Coast as somebody who's lived on both ends of the country. He also gives his take on how to break out of a writer's block, which I think is super helpful. There's lots of other good stuff in this conversation, Of course, as always, I ask him why he makes music, and his answer is really unique. He has some thoughts that I haven't yet heard completely in this podcast, so stay tuned for that. Before the interview, we're going to listen to his track, Keep You Close. But before we jump in, I want to again give a shout out to our sponsor, Eargasm Earplugs. They make high-fidelity earplugs that are useful for a whole bunch of situations, but especially for concerts where you want to protect your ears without diminishing the quality of the music. If you're going deaf like me, go check out their website, eargasmearplugs.com. You could use the promo code SFT to get 10% off all full-priced items. I actually bought a pair of these myself before they even sponsored the show, so you know I'm not just slinging bullshit at you. I actually use these. And I like them, and you might like them too. What you will definitely like is Harmonomy's music. So let's listen to the track, Keep You Close. You can find all of Harmonomy on SoundCloud only. Go check him out. Keep you 
good start. I like that. Do it that way. <laughs> With the metronome. Um, the whole conversation. Hi. Hello. My. <laughs> That'd be good. I'm, I'm, I can't do it. No. I would, I would no, forget. I would die. Um, so I already know some of this story because I know you. Okay. But I want to start at the beginning with hearing about your childhood experiences with music. Mm-hmm. I know you come from a musical family. Yes. My dad was, uh, I don't know the exact story, but he played, I mean, I was too young, but he played in, uh, a local parish of ours, uh, was a, a music director assistant or something like that and so he always was had an acoustic guitar and would play around um sing and and write songs and things like that so uh i'd say that's probably where the roots of my love for composition come from uh and creativity really come from that uh, my my earliest i was thinking about this my earliest memory of music was that's a good one yeah was uh my uh i must have been i I literally don't remember other than this like image in my head my dad trying to record into pro tools this is like you know 1999 or like 2001 or something recording into pro tools uh in our living room and just noticing him struggling you know i mean (laughs) i don't remember any of it but i just remember that image him with his his acoustic guitar and a microphone uh you know trying to figure it out but uh yeah so struggling with the guitar and the writing or struggling with pro tools with pro tools (laughs) that's what i figured i was just or uh, whatever it could have been audacity or something but uh yeah i think that's I, i think that's really where my love of recording or writing music probably started in that in that room, even though I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, you time. didn't know exactly what was happening. No. Um, and then your brothers also. Yeah, uh, my oldest brother was in a band that I luckily got to. Zutra. Zutra, yeah, yeah, they're they're great, but dead. No. <laughs> Are they dead? I was. I did want to get to that. <clears throat> no, they have. Uh, they have music on Spotify, and my my brother does as much as he can with whatever files he has but yeah overall they're they're kind of split up yeah um i remember you giving me a rasta revival on mm. cd oh really yeah i still have the cd somewhere yeah that's a great little five track kind of ep those are good songs yeah there's some i really enjoyed that a lot good class well, genres like reggae rock yeah um yeah something like that it's it was a good direction, and I think they could have gone with it pretty far, and I think they did have some success up north in in the Bay Area. But mm-hmm. he he basically, well, like me and my brothers would go in our garage, and we had, luckily my dad was crazy and would buy a bunch of music equipment uh, whenever he had an extra dollar. <laughs> yeah. He'd spend it on a Marshall stack or an Ampeg, huge bass amp, and a drum set. And so we all had... Uh, instruments of choice and i just kind of like bounced around instruments Mm and uh my none of the none of the instruments were bought for me but i ended up playing all of them (laughs) yeah but you're the youngest right yeah yeah Yeah, so i just got to just follow around nothing at all was bought for you (laughs) probably (laughs) yeah all all my clothes were hand-me-down you know it was never that's just how it goes yeah Yeah. i mean i remember you Killing it on drums from a young age. Yeah. Did you take lessons or was it all from your brothers and dad and stuff? Uh, that was the f- only instrument that I took a lesson in. I took lessons pro- maybe for a year. And then that leaf blower. It's nice and loud. Oh, yeah. You get some ambiance in the show. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, to really capture the scene. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, drums, when I, I think must have been sixth grade, I... Uh, took a year of lessons and that that just sort of grounded the idea of technique in my head and it got Mm. me to in the future when I am now taking voice lessons uh it kind of propelled the idea that okay there is technique there is a method to any madness Mm -hmm. um so after I did that for about a year I basically don't think I took lessons in anything else and so it was just all just kind of like jamming and playing and watching seeing videos of things and using my ears uh and rhythm ideas and things like that Mm -hmm. to grow 
So what's the next step from there? Would you say uh, high school choir or? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess in high school when I, it was the decision between band or choir. Mm-hmm. Um, really, you know, my cousin, uh, Emily Brown sang in the choir and, uh, sort of encouraged me to join it. And, um, yeah. So once I joined that, I, you know, st- didn't even care about band. I realized how cool, uh, our choir director there was and how, yeah. how great it is to be in, with a group of people trying to sing, you know, the same note. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just propelled me into singing, which I had never even thought about. And I didn't even think about it until, you know, uh, probably quite a few years after I graduated high school or like after I started singing, yeah. um, <clears throat> going into like, you know, later parts of that in high school, I got a few solos and got a things that got my interest in singing. Mm-hmm. So then when I went to my undergrad in Boston, I continued that, started taking lessons and, um, you know, kept going with that. What was your keep... uh, degree at Boston? Uh, I had a, I went in studying physics and I, I mean, I finished my physics degree, a BS in physics uh-huh. and a minor in music. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm curious about the decision to do the minor in music. Like, what pushed you to, to go for that? Uh, well, it, it, at first, actually, it was a double major between physics and music. Uh-huh. Um, and then at a point, probably in my end of my sophomore year, it was like, okay, which which one do you want to do? Because in reality, you can't do a major in both of those because it, it just too much time. effort. Too much time for both if you want to That's succeed. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, Unless you're, like, a crazy person. Yeah. There's and, a few crazy people. Yeah. Who somehow I, I, do stuff I, like that. I don't call myself crazy in that way. <laughs> but, uh, what is it? So yeah, at some point I basically decided I needed to choose one and I figured the more valuable thing is a physics degree. So, mm-hmm. and I, I did love it, even though I didn't get the best grades in it. I just, yeah. I enjoyed it, the challenge and working with people who were that so smart to be there. Yeah. And from there yeah I mean we can keep going we're gonna, we're gonna the... walk through the whole story yeah <laughs> because I mean despite a degree the major was in physics you mm. are now in a graduate program for yeah. music yes yeah at the I it, it was I'll just go over the the hardest decision of my life was choosing between music schools for grad school uh, to make the decision to apply was pretty easy because I I was excited about music and I knew that I could learn so much if I went to school. Yeah. So in the fall of, you know, what year was that? 2017, you have to decide to apply by mm-hmm. November classic. Um, so I did that. I got auditions at like five different places. I was just like surprised that anybody was excited to take me and then got into three different places. And, uh, that was just the hardest decision to make because there, one was in Boston, one was in Baltimore, and then Rochester, New York, okay. which is where I am now at Eastman. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask who you spurned. <laughs> Screw you guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really wanted to stay in Boston because I I have a lot of friends there. I knew the the, the city. I knew everything about it. But yeah, I, for that exact reason, I left. <laughs> I like that. I, want, I wanted to go. I mean... Do something new. Yeah, there's this uh, this aria I sing, which is a song f- taken from an opera mm-hmm. um, called Bob's Aria, and it's about this guy who moves and travels all the time, and then in this situation, he gets pulled into this house, and these ladies really like him, and they're like friends with him. They want him to stay, but the aria is about him making the decision to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of, that's, that's why I have it in my rep because it kind of resembles yeah. me. <laughs> that's a fun story. Yeah. You got to get out of the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Don't get trapped. Exactly. Or else, especially when you're young. I mean, at some point you should find a way to make a career. Where well, you yeah, it's good to settle down at some point, but mm-hmm. uh, you also got to have new experiences and such. Yep. So that's, so you're mentioning arias and opera. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is, as somebody who doesn't listen to almost any opera, yep. I was curious, like, what maybe one piece of music or something you would give to somebody who doesn't know anything about opera okay. that would make them excited about it, um, in your opinion? Right. 
there's, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember, the flower duet, which is something everybody's heard. Uh, it's, it's a mezzo-soprano and a soprano. And something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, that sounds familiar. That's something that would get people like live performance. Nice. Yeah, something that <laughs> would get people to be like, "Wow, that's beautiful." Yeah. Then, uh, I mean, any opera thing by Mozart is is pretty cool. Uh, that guy's a genius. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. Do you know Jacob Collier? Yeah. I Whenever I have a conversation with somebody about him, I go, I think he's the modern day Mozart. Because oh. <laughs> Mozart is like, he, it's just, they remind me of the same, they're like the same person. Yeah. <laughs> I think Luke's really into them, Luke Colhane. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a genius. He, uh, I should, I should dig deeper. He has some videos on YouTube where he dives into his uh, his songs, his arrangements. Uh, for like an hour and a half, he goes in through every part and like just talks about it, tells you the story. Uh, and it, for somebody who likes to make music, it's the coolest thing. Yeah, because it's it like down. the most insane music simplified to like, yeah, I was just going. But I mean, the chords are just absurd. It's yeah. like too hard to understand. Have you ever listened to the podcast uh, Song Exploder? I have a few episodes of that. They're pretty cool. Same concept. Not yeah. as, I mean, I'm sure with him it's a big thing, but, or right. a longer thing at least. Right, yeah. But yeah, those idea. things are cool. They like dive into like the story behind it. Yeah. And sometimes they talk about like specific things. Yeah. If you make music, it's extremely interesting. True. And I mean, it inspired this podcast in some ways. Okay. I was, I wanted to make this like a mirror to that, but oh. instead of the how and what of music, I, I like to talk about the why. I see. So it's like, instead of like breaking down how you did something, I right. want to get to like the root of like why you're doing so it. So it's like zooming out. Yeah. Versus zooming in. I yeah, really yeah. like that. I think everything has that two-sidedness. Totally. Um, and somebody who gets stuck on one of them is missing literally half of the story. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a lot going on yeah. to uh, decipher and such, but... Mm-hmm. Um, what was the last piece of music that gave you the chills? Um, that was specifically worded, but it could also just be like no, no, I, something you jammed on recently. No, that's that you were a like, good idea. Yeah. Oh, crap. Um, or just like what you're into right now. Right. I'm just trying to think of a specific example. And I mean, so much of it is live performance that actually... That works? Yeah, it's like, so I get to listen to so many good singers and and instrumentalists. I'm trying to think of what, what did that? Yeah, um, okay. Uh, For the specific example, my friend Patrick uh, sang this, um, this aria from this opera called The Barber of Seville. It's by Rossini. It's the opening... Aria, I believe, and he just did it so well with such good character that it just like got me so amped up to to go sing. But that's good. Yeah. In terms of like uh, normal music, <laughs> hey, what's normal? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, some Jacob Collier stuff does that to to you if you really are listening hard. Yeah, um, the song Moon River, uh, the the way it builds and the way it just takes you on this journey and he, he builds it so well. And then he satisfies you so much with the tension he builds and yeah. then just resolves it just so well. So that's a really cool track. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Half the good other head, good headphones. You're just like, yeah. The other half of the purpose of this podcast is just to discover new stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I, I was interested in talking about the opera stuff for that reason, too. Mm-hmm. Not too yeah. many people have given that a chance. Yeah. No, no. I don't think... Uh, I mean, it's weird. When I'm in my... You know, every school has a bubble. Mm-hmm. And being in my Eastman bubble, music is the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. And opera and classical music is, like, so cool. Everybody's yeah. like, yeah, you... Oh, man, you heard that dominant seven chord but blah blah blah. that's nothing but uh you just realize how deep you can go into especially when you look at a score of music you're like oh my god there's so much that's underneath this surface um but i go i leave that 
and I would come over here or something like that. And it's like, oh, people don't think like that. (laughs) They just don't. And so I just, it's really, it's humbling, but it's also really cool to know there's a place like that. Yeah. Where you can express your feelings in totally different ways. Yeah. It's a unique perspective to have. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to talk about harmonomy now. Oh, sure. Yeah. So when did that project manifest itself slash, I mean, where did it start? Yeah. So I'd say I started actually making music in my sophomore year of my undergrad, which was probably four years ago or something like that. Now, um, I got my first interface, uh, focus, right? Claret for pre it's a great interface. Um, it was like 700 bucks, but totally Dang. worth it. Totally worth it. My yeah. God. Um, it has four channel, four inputs, and it's just super versatile. Yeah. But when I got that, I had already been making music just on my computer with a keyboard, yeah. like electronic just music. Like a MIDI or Exactly. I'd been doing that for three years or something like that. So I knew the program, Logic Pro. Yeah. And once I got that interface, I could start actually recording, like visit real things, like people playing guitar, anything yeah. like that. Um, so once I got that for the last three years of my undergrad, I just started, I luckily got to be in a couple bands. I think I was in three bands at once at, at one point. Um, and recording my band or recording myself, making music in a similar way to I had, the way I had been. Um, then, so that just started building up. And I think probably, I'm trying to think when that artist's name actually appeared on on soundcloud which is where most of my stuff is um Mm. but anyways at some point during that time i released a couple tracks they weren't any good uh but debatable the (laughs) the whole point i think of or what i get excited about this podcast especially is that it shows how many people are out there making music oh yeah yeah and it proves how difficult it is to make music and be creative um because that that whole process of starting and finishing a song is first of all it takes way more hours than you'd think yeah. as a listener, and then it's also just it's so difficult to sit there and get your mind to be free mm-hmm. enough and not think about the stressful things in life. But, yeah, um, it's kind of a crazy medium to work in as an artist <laughs> because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you compare it to like, um, painting or something, right? there's, I mean, I'm not going to shit on painting, (laughs) obviously not all art forms are good and have their own many layers, but like thinking about it from a consumer's point of view, you don't always think about the depth that making music has as on the production side, like you were saying. Yeah. There's so much to think about. After the, after the creative process is like quote unquote complete, Mm -hmm. there's still half the story to be done in post-production yeah. same with video and stuff like that yeah i guess where you're with painting it's like it happens you do it and then it's actually done and you can the product is i think it's actually the fact that it's not time-based it's only space based painting is yeah doesn't change over time that's true where music video anything that has time with it needs post-production maybe that's just a blanket statement that's insightful yeah um but anyways, uh, well, what, where did the name come from? The name, everybody I, loves the band name story. Yeah. Well, the, the name really was something that I wrote down one day, you know, in a notebook or either on my phone. Oh yeah. And, uh, I just liked man. I mean, I know somebody else is on your show who likes harmony and chords and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, whenever I made music in a chorus, I'd love building up this chorus to be the wildest, coolest thing it has just so much color. Yeah. Um, and so I would sing background vocals and get, choose the note. I just loved finding the note that worked in a section. And um, so ultimately it came down to harmony. I was like, okay, harmony is where it's at. And in reality, it's rhythm and harmony. But, and then uh, <clears throat> to add a spin to the word harmony, I just added, uh, I need to almost see what it looks like. Harmonomy. Yeah. Um, 
just it just it just felt right and it sounded right and it seemed cool and unique something that people couldn't say the first time yeah <laughs> that's kind of the best band name when somebody's like oh you know that what's a band like that um there's plenty where you're there like, are a lot i had a similar while well, you think <clears throat> about it i had a similar experience with my college band at santa barbara um we our band name was a french word oh, uh, so right. technically it was pronounced frisson <laughs> But nobody would say it that way because they how's it spelled? So it's F R I S S O N, yeah. Frisson, frisson, which is which is it means like the feeling you get when music gives you chills. Which is why I asked that question too. Very cool. I liked that concept, but it was the same thing. Like nobody ever knew how to say it. But then that kind of made it interesting because people would talk about it at the shows and stuff, and they'd be like it became a thing. Yeah, so. and then it was like, oh, this is how you say it. And somebody yeah. was like, I thought it was like this the whole yeah. time. Um, <laughs> Hosier or Hosier. Oh, or right. like His is kind of like that. People have argued. Do you know the band yeah. Hun? H-O-N-N-E? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, is that how you say it? Some people thought it was Honey. Hon- I thought it was Hone. Hone. Yeah. I think it's just Hun. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's another one for sure. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's quite a few. All um, right, we got some examples then. Yeah. That works. Good for us. <laughs> I'm proud. <clears throat> um... So uh, I'm curious about those bands you were in mm-hmm. in college oh, a little yeah. bit. What kind of impact did that have on you? Right. So or like who were some of the people you were working with? Yeah. One one of the bands was, uh, I think, the first, gosh, maybe the first one I was in or whatever. But uh, it was with my friend Chris Dallariva. He is publishing a bunch of music on on Spotify and whatever. Sharon, it's getting pretty good. He started to self-produce his own stuff, and mm-hmm. he's learning a lot. Um, it was like, I think his band was called Chris Riva and the Outliers. <laughs> and Classic. me, this, this exchange student from Scotland, Angus McNaughton, the best musician, <laughs> literally he comes in and can play any instrument perfectly. I'm like, what the yeah. hell? Uh, he was, he played bass. I played drums. Uh, that was a great experience working with a guy who wrote his own songs and really had a vision and so it really wasn't such a creative process, more of like listening and responding to whatever ideas he had. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. So you were an outlier. Yeah, exactly. I was just an outlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, then my, uh, I don't want to say most successful, but most prominent for me was Little Saturday. And we have, yeah. uh, we have two songs on Spotify, uh, Running and um, what's the other one? Some night oh sunny nights named after our pianist sunny oh he's great uh but that band i played bass and and sang and uh helped write a lot of the we all wrote the songs together but it was it was really a cool experience for me to learn how to kind of be a leader in a band and as the bass player you don't have to like think about that much stuff (laughs) so i I got to i got to open my ears and listen to the sound yeah. Um, and really be like, okay, you need to, this needs to sound like that. And that needs to be this certain way. Um, this chord needs to hit this hard. It, oh, the, that guitar needs to be louder, blah, blah, blah. So it was a really cool experience. Uh, and it let me know that, you know, I really enjoyed leading that group and sort of working with them and, and finding ways to write moving songs that have a lot of power. So we, we played and won the Battle of the Bands my nice. senior year, I think. No, junior year, probably. Yeah. Uh, that was a really cool experience. It was like, who knew that was going to happen? But we just yeah. had we had an energy on stage that we all got from each other. That's a so. big part, yeah. Mm-hmm. Performance. Yeah. Just as big as the songs. Yeah. And then the last little band was just me and my roommates who played one uh, fall showcase or winter showcase or something. Yeah. Uh, that was called um, some name that we made up. It was like a girl's name. Oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> the type of stuff I forget because it, it's not a big deal to me. <laughs> you know, in 10 years when you have millions of adoring yeah. fans, they're going to be like, what was the name? <laughs> uh, I could ask one of I could ask one of the members and he would... Like, oh, I love it. Yeah. He, yeah. It was like his idea. <laughs> that's all good. We could, we could fact check it later. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. And then you get to Harmonomy. Yeah. And you're kind of doing a lot of different types of music there. Yeah, it's kind of my experiment. It's, it's the place that I get to make whatever 
comes to my head, and it's usually inspired by something, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, another artist, like one of one of my songs that I, I haven't released yet. I haven't released like any music in reality. I, I would love to release more music for it on Spotify, but I just yeah. I haven't. I don't know why I won't commit to that. I oh, just, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you've got quite a bit on SoundCloud, right? Yeah. At least you know. Yeah, those I would. It's funny because like anything I put on SoundCloud are things I really like, but they're just like they're just I just not that it's acceptable or whatever for anybody to listen to or anything like that, but. Uh, it's just something I've sat on long enough. I'm like, yeah, this is cool enough to... F- I, I'd like people to hear this. You've got over the uh, mental block <laughs> of, of, is it done yet? Yeah, Is right. it good enough? Right. Um, but it's only, since it's on SoundCloud, it sounds like you're saying that's like a halfway mark. Yeah, it's like... like it's, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you're not stoked enough to put it on Spotify. Yeah, I don't want to... Like, put it on SoundCloud. I don't even know how to put things on Spotify. Oh, like, it's so easy now. That's what I thought. It's like 20 bucks or something. Yeah, 20 bucks a year or something. You pay like DistroKid, right. shout out. Um, <laughs> or, you know, there's several right. several services who will just do it for you. You just upload your music, yeah. pay the 20 bucks, and mm-hmm. they'll do it for you. And they put yeah. it on everywhere interesting um yeah you should do it yeah i think since i it was funny when i was in little saturday my drummer he was like so organized and like would do everything mm-hmm. and so i just luckily got to sit there and like make music <laughs> that's nice too yeah but when you do it on your own it's like you have to be every, every part you gotta wear all the hats yeah. yeah which is like i can i can mix record write music and things like that but when it comes to like that the rest of it yeah the non-musical promotion i just like don't find that very exciting (laughs) it's debatably not i mean it depends on who you are yeah some people really like it other people don't but it is a lot of work yeah yeah um but i'm sure if you get good at it you can get paid to do it for so many people promoting as you kind of do yeah i mean (laughs) yeah give me money you owe me a hundred bucks after this (laughs) um yeah there's a few companies that are just straight up doing promotion for like indie artists and stuff and you can pay them and they'll Hmm. help you do shit on social media and stuff i I don't know what any of them are called but it's it's out there yeah you can you can look into it yeah um i just don't see as an artist though i think it's not worth it to pay anybody to do any of that stuff (laughs) i'm not there either like with my own music i would never pay somebody to do that because it's not hard (laughs) yeah it's just time yeah um yeah, it depends how much you value. I think it's funny how valuable time is. And as a kid, you don't think time is valuable at all. You don't even <laughs> think about time. No. Yeah. <laughs> you just do things. <laughs> and so now true. it's like the day is over so quickly. Yep. I don't do half the things that I meant to do <laughs> consistently. Yeah. Like it feels like a, you're always behind almost. Yeah. I mean, I guess some people are probably better. It becomes just a... It becomes just a mental exercise of like trying to have a healthy outlook because you could feel like you're always behind or you could feel like you did enough. It becomes a decision. Yeah. I've been getting into figuring out how to plan because I I literally go day by day. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing in two hours, you know, like especially in school, like where I just I know that I have a rehearsal, but that's all I know and that's all I think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working on like, what's my one year plan? What's my three year plan? Uh, and thanks to my brother who's encouraging me to figure these things out. Yeah. Which <laughs> I, brother? Corey, my, uh, one right above me. I have three older brothers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, I was in New York. He lives in New York right now. And, uh, it, it's, it was great to talk to him about that stuff because it's like, Oh, you can plan ahead. <laughs> you, yeah. You have to. You should. Ahead, or else you will fail. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all a balancing act, you know. you got to have a plan. you also got to stay flexible. Um, but at, well, how far along are you in your plans? Can we hear some of your one-year plan? Yeah, I mean. Or your three-year, whichever a, a one's. A quick version of my yeah. one-year plan is uh, basically I could have applied to the next step in terms of programs for opera but uh, I'm taking a year off to prep for the auditions so I can basically come in with something that'll give me hopefully a full scholarship somewhere mm-hmm. um, or get me into the program that is hard to get in because yeah. I've prepared for just that moment. Um, so, I mean, that, that's the quick version. And then it, it turns into uh, where I want to be, which is like, I, I love Boston. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but... 
I mean, it's, it's just funny because like spending so much time of my education on the East Coast, I've realized that the West Coast is like what the differences are mm-hmm. and that you need to go, you need to be wherever you have the most resources. Yeah. And it's like weather, it doesn't matter the weather, it doesn't matter anything else. It's like, who do you know? <laughs> As they always say, there where do you have yeah. connections? Um, so I think I have a lot of people I know in Boston. Yeah. And it, it's also a place of high, you know, lots of culture. Yeah. Um, um, what were some of those East versus West things? Uh, well, personally, I mean, I'm also an avid golfer. Um, I'm uh, attempting to compete in golf as well. Mm-hmm. Now that's a, kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like, you can't be a professional in two things at the same time. Wow. Yeah, exactly. You tell me. There you go. No. <laughs> I want to be the first. Go no. make it happen, yeah. No, I think it's I think it's a it's a fun story to try to do really difficult things. Um, <laughs> and you end up learning a lot. <laughs> so, but uh, in terms of like uh literal East Coast West Coast things, it's like I mean in Boston people are just sarcastic. Mm. Uh, and you have to learn how to deal with that <laughs> coming from like the Huntington beach, California is like, I'm, I, w- everybody's like, Andrew, you're so chill. Like you're, <laughs> you talk chill. Like everything's just chill. And I'm like, I, I guess. Yeah. But they're all like, all right, yeah, yeah, let's get going. Come on. Yeah. They're you're just, a jerk. <laughs> they're just wound up. Yeah. Making fun of you all the time. And you're just like, uh, what? <laughs> God, when I work, I worked at a golf course right next to my, right next to Boston College, and um, the amount of sarcasm I got from my boss—it was like hilarious. Or customers, they just say something. They'd be like, oh, "God, I can't think of an example," but they'd just be sarcastic, and I'd take them seriously. They'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." They'd be like, "I'm just kidding." <laughs> like, calm down. Um, uh, gotta love sarcasm. Yeah, that's the character thing of about the East and the West Coast. That's the interesting thing. Yeah. We know about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, golf, I assume, is part of the three-year plan then. I remember yeah. you mentioning wanting to go to Europe. Is that yeah, in play? I, yeah. I would, uh, if the opportunity strikes and I can find a program out there or somewhere to live um, for a month or two to just really get these languages because... I know how I'm figuring out how important they are to understand and know how the you know language works. Yeah, like, for opera. Yeah. Which languages are you referring to? Uh, like Italian, French, and German are okay. are the three big uh, classical music languages. Um, there's tons of opera in Italian, and I'm just getting grips with that. Being in a, in a opera by Salieri right now, I'm just working on understanding the language and uh how it flows and there's little tricks you learn uh but overall it's like just doing it over and over with somebody there who knows what what it should sound like mm-hmm. is is really helpful yeah yeah immersing yourself in it as yeah. well yeah. is what they always say is exactly. the best way to learn that's why i think it would be sick to go to europe i mean the the dream is i tell this to people is like all right i'm in europe on the studying music at a conservatory some who knows what it's like out there and then also on the european golf tour playing during that season there we go which it sounds absurd but it would be sick that sounds sick now <laughs> and then That's at the same dream, time man. writing music composing music <laughs> there you go why not yeah yeah i support it i want that for you right thank you <laughs> so um the big question yeah. is always why do you make music so i mean it's obviously as you just said it's part of the pipe dream there mm-hmm. is to continue to write music and right. make music so yeah. what's the point of doing that for you the point of writing music i've uh i found it as a great way now whether this is true or not it's a great way for me to take the music i'm learning and studying and apply it to this whole different view mm-hmm. of contemporary contemporary pop music basically um, because I'm studying these, this music from 1893, you know, 1790, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can basically take the qualities and study it and apply it to this new type of composition, whether it's the words, the poetry, 
or musical qualities. Uh, so I think it's a great way for me to balance um, this classical study, this thing that seems so, you know, bland sometimes, uh, and add color to it, basically. Yeah, I like that. And then keep my brain working in multiple venues. Yeah, that's great. Mm. Um, what would you say, before you kind of took up classical and opera, though, mm-hmm. you were making music before? Yeah. Was that just purely for fun, lethargic experience, or uh, circumstances? It was always because I loved the idea of recording music. I think something about uh, taking somebody or something that's really talented at what they do and just capturing that and then mm-hmm. making them sound better. And, uh, and also the puzzle of recording and mixing music. It's like, well, you have... You have a vocal melody and a chord structure or a chord progression. How can you make this pop to an audience? How do you, especially wearing headphones, Yeah. Uh, how do you just bring life to it? Um, so that's what kept me recording. And what got me into just writing music was just something I think my dad handed down to me, which was just curiosity mm-hmm. and never learning how to like read music as a child or getting stuck. Because yeah. I know a lot of instrumentalists and pianists especially who can sight read music really well but you tell them write a song for, write a progression for me they can't yeah. do it like it's interesting it's really interesting when i meet those people because i'm like wait what because i'm the opposite way where yeah. i'm like i can just make something up yeah but uh, but it's so great to be studying the opposite of how i grew up yeah um that's what i think people should be doing they should be studying what they're not they don't want to do you know what i mean i don't know i get you yeah balance things out Mm -hmm. Um, because it tells you about the study of something opposite in a weird way tells you exactly about the other thing yeah i vibe with that yeah um (laughs) it's like philosophy time no yeah (laughs) let's dig in um i also love philosophy yeah yeah but i don't study it i just like talking about it yeah do you read read it I wasn't I just took two classes in my undergrad and overall it was really eye-opening I was like wow people have been talking about the same shit for ever <laughs> man and that I can write an essay on this with a whole new viewpoint because I'm applying my physics or I'm applying music yeah. to this like idea that yeah, it's just so f- the best part about philosophy is that you really can take any life experience and then explain some unanswerable question with it yeah i like i like that summary especially <laughs> the beginning where people have just been talking about yeah. the same shit forever <laughs> forever dude um dude <laughs> well you're somebody who's been obviously very immersed in music all of the all the time right. and it's your schooling and mm-hmm. it's your profession and it's your hobby right do you ever feel burned out uh no because like I'm lucky enough to keep learning and I'm lucky enough to be curious about it to where I love asking questions. And, uh, I think I wrote something down. It was like one who doesn't ask questions is merely learning what to do, not how to do it. Mm. Something like that. Um, but that idea is like, since I, I'll go into my voice lesson with a question ready and she'll be able to answer it. She, she just like, has so much experience. She is. Is my voice teacher, Catherine Chizinski, angel. She's great. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's so experienced that she can um, answer so many questions that I have. And since I'm at such a, like, a little baby level in it all, it's like there's so many questions to have. Uh, and when it comes to getting burned out, it's like I'm lucky, also lucky enough to have so many avenues of music whether it's classical singing, classical composing, pop composing, playing guitar, playing piano, drums. It allows me to just bounce around and they mm-hmm. all help each other. So at the end of the day, I feel like I could do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> Beautiful. But when it comes to composition, I think that is the area where you sometimes like a writer's block. Writer's block, yeah. Um, and to get out of that, often I find a piece of music whether it's classical or contemporary pop 
And uh, I go, why do I like that so much? Yeah. And then I study it and I look at it and I literally copy it. Rip I copy it the idea oh, yeah. and make my own song out of it. And it's like, wow, that worked. Yeah. It's like, that's sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like so many people write music that way. Yeah. I mean, I definitely do. You, you know, sometimes it'll be a combination of songs or bands mm-hmm. or whatever, but like yep. you'll hear something, you'll be like, I need to write a song like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And you're, I mean, you're not directly copying it, but you're, you're taking the sounds, the influences and stuff and yeah. recreating it in your own light. Yeah. And that's a super fun process. A quote from Maurice Ravel. I just read this on Wikipedia the other day. That's why I know it. But uh, oh, you could have just thrown out I the know. quote, and people would have been like, like "Oh wow, shit, this guy, guy is knows. so deep." <laughs> no, Wikipedia is great for quotes. No, <laughs> for quick knowledge, uh, it's like, "Don't be afraid to imitate," or, or basically, basic boils down to, "Don't be afraid to take something you heard and apply it." And in this yeah. case, it was him taking something from Debussy, putting it in his music, and it's like, "Yeah, this sounds like Debussy, but." I made it my own, and it's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a, it's like uh, that that that's something that one of my friends, Will Van Dalsen, you know. Yeah. Um, he went to BC as well, but he would always because I always every beginner composer starts by I have to be so original, I have to make everything just my own, and I can't come from anything else. I think that's just how many of us are. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think it's also a quote. I don't know who. F- who from, but they, people just say originality kills yeah. creativity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting because it's, because you think they're the same, but it's not. No, it's, yeah. God, another quote um, from Terrence McKenna. I just watched a YouTube video. <laughs> uh, he goes, uh, what was it? Creativity. We have to define creativity for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, um, it's thinking of something in a way that nobody has thought of it before. Mm. So it's not yeah. the process of divine creation. Like oh, I yeah. made this thing that didn't exist before since that's impossible according to some philosophers. But, uh, the idea is like, okay, it's just, you thought of it in a different way and then you're going to output it in a way that's unique mm-hmm. and that gives an emotion to an audience or something like that. I love it. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do some quick questions. Sure. What's your favorite song that you've written? Uh, I'd say there's there's two. One uh, is called Keep You Close. Yeah, I just think it's like it's a three-minute pop song that just is like perfect in my opinion. And then there's another one called one four three let's go mm-hmm. that one's on soundcloud yeah and I know that um, one, yeah i think it's really cool because i i put some classical singing in it oh. in like one of the verses i'm yeah. singing just like the opening line of uh an aria from mozart um don giovanni and uh i just like put it in there because it kind of fit the vibe of this like it's not creepy song but it's like the <laughs> vibe is kind of weird uh Weird is good. Yeah, and so the it's in Italian, and it means uh, it's Devieni, um, Devieni alla finestra is what it is, which means come to the window. Because mm. Don Giovanni is a creep, and yeah. he just seduces women. <laughs> and uh, through the window. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so that song's cool because I got to put that in there, and it like worked. I was yeah. like, what? I've never heard that before. You know, classical singing in music. <laughs> yeah, you were just like making a puzzle yeah you just grabbed a piece from a different puzzle <laughs> fit perfectly and it, yeah that's a good way of thinking of it yeah and it worked and like it's kind of in the background but it it kind of helps tell the story if you know if, you know, if you're deep yeah. cut <laughs> oh yeah so this those is, two these are deep cut people listening yeah. probably yeah and uh least favorite oh least favorite uh I won't say it's the least favorite because it sounds bad because that's just like no yeah it's usually you're just like frustrated that it didn't become what you thought it was gonna be or right well there's a lot of those i've got 200 (laughs) logic files that are just like things that didn't become anything yeah uh something that's released oh uh oh man um there's a song contemporary love Mm. that I really liked the idea of it. I recorded my watch ticking for the beginning. Mm. It's like tick, 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 tick. I'd like cut it up and put it. 
and uh, I liked the idea of it, but since it was so like poorly recorded and poorly performed, the idea just didn't fall come to fruition, and it was like, well, it's just kind of flat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, who's your biggest fan? My biggest fan, or who am I the biggest fan of? Who is your biggest fan? Oh, who is the biggest myself. fan of you? <laughs> Yourself? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> no, I, Nobody said that yet. That's good. No, I think um, I listen to my music the most. I'm very yeah. selfish in that way because I have all my music on my notes app. Yeah. Because that's the one place where you can hit play and like put your phone away. Um, so I literally will just go listen to my favorite songs of myself quite often. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. It's just like, it's a fun way of being like, and I love when I get to listen to a track and I'm like, yeah, there's nothing I would fix. And I, every time I listen, I'm like, no, nah, that was good. Nice. That was good. I don't know if I've ever felt that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've pretty much gotten there. Right. Um, best concert you've ever been to as a fan? Uh, this artist, Madian, M-A-D-E-O-N. Yeah. I oh, went yeah. to one of his concerts at uh, House of Blues in Boston. Nice. And it was like after his first album came out and he wasn't that big yet so there was the audience was full but it wasn't like it wasn't he he's yet. not he's performing arenas now like huge yes, things yeah, I, and it was all his material where he's like doing his little thing on that launch pad i think it's called yeah and it was just the coolest experience knowing all the songs and how, he's just it's just amazing how original of an idea that is to just like be doing it all right there yeah yeah he's good yeah. That's the perfect time to see somebody. Yeah, you you want oh. that bubble of like they've, <laughs> they've made some really good stuff and they're big enough to be discovered, but right. they haven't really hit the full yeah mainstream it's yet so to true. where they move to a stadium or something. Yeah, um, it's like they have two viral videos on YouTube. Yeah, That's something all, like that. Like exactly, <laughs> but not like totally undiscovered, obviously, because yeah. then they haven't polished yet or anything. That's true. Um, but yeah, he came to UCSB one year. He played. Really? We have like a festival every year right. called Extravaganza. Sweet. And he played there. He was, it was a cool show. I think know. every every college must have some some concert cool. thing. Yeah. Because we have Plexapalooza. Yeah. <laughs> They're just trying to create the illusion that we're all happy. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we're listening to music. You don't hate your life. <laughs> I loved college. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, college. I'm joking. <laughs> wasn't super stressed no um uh okay you've got your phone over there yeah i, I want to start asking the question of uh what's the last song you saved on spotify okay so we'll give you like a 10 seconds okay countdown well, here we go i mean literally the last one you saved it might not be right. a good one yeah let's see if it loads in this garage it could be it's called i don't want to live without you by cobra yama comma gibbs uh, what I like about it is the chorus. It this pre-chorus builds up. It goes, out a bunch of noise, and then it just drops to like just like a low bass and like a synth that's like boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, 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 something like that. It's sweet. Uh, okay. Yep. That's no, my you don't get to give don't any get more. To that's it. It's just the <laughs> most recent one because it's gonna be like occasionally kind of weird. Yeah. And I mean, it was almost really. Weird. It was almost the song that I had to study for one of my my theory final oh, okay which is a sweet song but it's yeah. you know well we don't get to know what that you one don't is. sorry you gotta <laughs> send uh harmonomy i need to start an instagram no. i was about okay so well that's another thing you need to do is tell us where people you mentioned okay. soundcloud where yeah. can people listen to your music and follow you sadly that's the only place because i i like writing music but i and I would like people to enjoy my music, but not that much. <laughs> no. Not enough to like spend a lot of time. Yeah, like doing it. it mainly because I'm I'm working to be better, and I want to be the best of myself before I like. You know, it's a classic thing to say, but mm-hmm. I think since I am in education, it's an okay thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, go find him on SoundCloud then. Yeah. I think it's worth it. Yeah. Um. Can you? Shout out somebody else that I can interview for this podcast. I can try. Uh, my, oh, another music endeavor that I go up with, uh, Doc Martian. He has oh, yeah. You probably know okay. about him. That's Garen, right? Yeah, Garen Brown. Uh, he raps and produces music, uh, and I mix. I've mixed all of his music, and 
just take gotten it to the point where it sounds cool. And, um, I mean, not that they weren't before, but, uh, it's a really interesting process for me because I figured out how to mix his, his voice and his songs and his music mm-hmm. to where I can get a track and within 25 minutes basically be done with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, the basics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say he lives in Huntington beach. Um, cool. I think he would be cool to interview. Uh, he has a cool story being that he used to play football at Cal and he had a long journey with that and then got injured and had to retire. Yeah. Had to get knee surgery. And, uh, so he started making music because that was like an avenue to explain how he's feeling. So yeah. it's cool. A lot of his, he has quite a few songs on there now, but yeah, cool. some bumps. Talk to him maybe then. Yeah. Um, you good? You have anything else you want to say? Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll release a song for this. I'll, I'll yeah. So we'll listen to a song, two songs on the podcast. Okay. There'll be one at the beginning, which everyone's already heard at this point. Okay. And then one starting in a few seconds. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that's, you've heard enough from me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's never enough. Right, right. Um, cool. All right. Keep making cool shit. Sweet. We Thank end you. with a high five. Sweet. Thank you. I'm not gonna